I've been a fan from far for a, a long time. Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, those guys were two of my favorite players growing up. So I've always kind of had an admiration for the Ravens. You know, uh, when they called, I was I was very interested. Being able to work this deal out so that I could become a Raven. For some reason, doesn't matter how, how much production you have, when you turn to a certain age, you know, guys are trying to get rid of you before, you know, they just, you just can't do it anymore. But that's a good motivation for me because I'm always trying to prove them wrong. I, I just think that he's going to be the perfect fit personality-wise, performance-wise. He's just going to bring so much to this defense. Welcome into the lounge. We are thrilled to have a guest. All right, it's been a little too much of me and Garrett. Little too much of just the two of us. If there's, you know, if there's more than two days that I have to just talk to you, I start <laughs> to lose my mind a little bit. I think everyone's kind of going a little bit crazy right now. But when we have four straight days where you're the only person that I can talk to, I'm definitely losing my mind. So don't you talk to your so- wife? Don't you talk to your wife? She is at work. She is a healthcare worker. So she is actually one of the people who's out there on the front lines out there working every day. Well, so, God bless Christy. God bless Christy for that. And God bless Christy, more importantly, for having to deal with you every single day. That's the hardest part of the job. <laughs> Coming up, <laughs> she goes to work. She doesn't even have to. She just goes to work just to get away from me, I think. <laughs> In all honesty, uh, we, we do thank the frontline workers and Christy included. Um, and, and we want all of you out there to continue being safe. Stay inside, please. Uh, and, and you know what, while you're inside, just why don't you go back and listen to some old lounges. If you're, if you're caught up on all of our most recent daily lounge episodes, then go back and listen to some of our interviews that we've done. Uh, a lot of good quality stuff that's still pertinent and uh, interesting today. So, um, you know, we're going to keep this train going down the tracks here. Keep a train rolling. I was going to say, keep, yeah, yeah you, get, you got that right. That's what, that's what does a train yeah, roll. The tra- yeah. It rolls down the tracks. I guess so. I feel like it's a chugs down the tracks. Keep this train a chugging. <laughs> nobody, nobody says that. You're not, you're not chugging anything else, are you, Garrett, during this time I'm away? I'm not. Okay. All I'm right. Not. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're going to keep rolling. And uh, right now, we're going to roll into our interview with the newest Raven, uh, Calais Campbell. Well, we are thrilled to be here with the newest Raven, Calais Campbell. And uh, Calais... Garrett made me promise on our last podcast that we did that I would not try to impersonate your voice because I was just. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> so, does it, man. Everybody does it. You got to start, though. How, like, how did you get this, this deep voice of yours? I mean, I think it came from just passion on the football field. Uh, I, I lost it when I was probably like year two in the NFL, and it never came back, man. This has been this way ever since, but. I can imagine it being any other way now. This is who I am. It's, my, it's part of my character. That's really funny. That's really funny. You, I feel like you could be like the next uh, James Earl Jones. You know, have you ever considered <laughs> professional voiceover work? Yeah, if they make a Lion King three, I'm in there. <laughs> I, I got to get one more thing from you. So, so you're used to doing the Duvo thing. I can't. I didn't do that right. I'm yeah, sure. That was terrible. But I feel you. <laughs> can you give us a, a big trust? Big trust, baby. I don't know how to do it properly, but big trust. I'm all about it. <laughs> we'll have Mark Ingram work with you. We'll have Mark work with you. Big trust. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, so Calais, when you got the news uh, this week, just what was what was the reaction like, when you found out it's going to happen, that you're going to end up coming to Baltimore? I was excited about it. You know, um, I've been a fan from far 
for a, a long time. You know, uh, I grew up a, a big, uh, you know, like, I mean, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, those guys were two of my favorite players growing up. So I've always kind of had an admiration for the Ravens. So, you know, uh, when they called, I was I was very interested and in, uh, being able to work this deal out so that I could become a Raven. Uh, you know, I, I was very, very excited about it. Did you have any hunch over the past weeks or months that the Ravens could be interested? You know, because to me, Ryan and I have talked about this. As soon as your name started to kind of come up on the market, both of us said the idea of you coming to Baltimore is like the perfect fit. It's like the ultimate Ravens move. You just seem like a Raven. Did you <laughs> feel like there was any possibility of that, you know, if you go back a few weeks? Uh, I mean, I didn't expect to get traded or anything. So, I mean, I didn't expect this to happen. Maybe not, maybe next year after after I went to free agency or something, but not before. But, uh, you know, I mean, this, this business, you know, is unique and things happen all the time. And, you know, I never really uh, – you don't really anticipate anything. You guys are ready for whatever happens. But uh, I'm so glad that, uh, you know, if I'm going to get traded, I got traded to a team, you know, like that has so much young talent, so much potential, so much – of an opportunity, you know, that, uh, you know, the biggest goal for me at my, at my point in my career right now is to win a championship, you know, and uh, I know, obviously, everybody this time of year saying, oh, you're going to win the championship, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> because the years, 32 teams are all planning and hoping to win a championship, but I feel like the Ravens have a legitimate chance, and I'm happy to be a part of it. So what are your emotions like right now? Because, you know, hearing you talk about, I, I never expected to get traded, like, that can Sometimes that can feel like a shot to some guys, you know. You can you can take it a little personal, you know. What what are you feeling right now? Well, I mean, uh, I feel like uh, you know, there's it's it's, uh, it's it's better than getting like in the, so like to me like I figured if I see like you know I, I pay attention to a lot of sports and I pay attention to people get traded and I seen like DeForest Buckner get traded for a first round pick and I'm like in the back of my mind since I was young I was like man I wonder what I get traded for if I got traded. And my mind <laughs> was like a really high draft pick. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I'm perfectly fine with, uh, with you know with the way it went down. I know uh, I'm going to be 34 years, years old this year. For some reason, it doesn't matter how, how much production you have. When you turn to a certain age, you know guys are trying to get rid of you before you know they, they, you just can't do it anymore. But that's a good motivation for me because I'm always trying to prove them wrong. And I see like the Tom Brady, you know, he's still motivated at well, 43 years old, you know, and uh, that inspires me because I'm like I'm still young and still like I'm in my prime. You know, my body feels incredible, so. Uh, I get it. Everybody else is like, you know, I mean, in their mind, they can't, they don't know how I feel. So they're just assuming I'm going to fall. But to me, uh, I feel like I'm, this is, you know, I'm, in the, I'm in the prime of my game. Right. Yeah. We're going to talk more about that. So hold on to those thoughts. But I got to, I got to ask you one more on that. Like, so when you saw that it was a fifth round pick, were you like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. My, my pride was like, dang, is that all? No, it's the same age. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was a little bit surprised. But I will say this. Uh, you know, I get it's all it's all circumstantial. You know, I mean, I have a big cap number, and we were able to bring that down with an extension, which was nice. And so there's a lot of things that move parts to it, but uh, you know, I had to justify for myself. <laughs> that, okay, this topic isn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, Clay, it's one thing that uh, has been cool over the past couple of years is I've seen you interact with current players on the Ravens at the Pro Bowl. You got to interact with the coaching staff who was there this year, Wink Martindale, John Harbaugh, and the Ravens had 12 players there this year. Um, you got to know Brandon Williams a couple years ago. We got a great video of him interviewing you at the Pro Bowl back in 2018. <laughs> what was the sense of getting to know these guys? And did you feel like when the trade happened, like, oh, I already know some of the guys over there, and I feel like this is just going to be a natural transition? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, I think uh, that played a big role into it because, 
you know, obviously, you know, uh, we had to work out an extension for this deal to go through. And so I had to agree to something or, or the deal would have got pulled. And so, you know, I'm going through my process of, you know, I, I really had like a, a day, you know, uh, you know, I mean, I guess it might have been 36 hours I probably had before they wanted to kind of hear back. And so I made a couple calls and talked to a couple of people who I know uh, or, or, you know, been a part of the organization in the past and are now. And, uh, you know, but in a way, you know, like, you know, Mark Ingram, Brendan Williams, uh, Lamar, you know, uh, they got to be around, uh, Ronald Staley, uh, uh, Roddy Staley, you know, uh, uh, Humphrey. I mean, there's a lot of guys I've been around in the last, like, you know, let's say three, three four months. And, uh, and, I mean, just the, the energy they have with each other, that, like that that culture, you could tell it's just like a fun culture to be a part of. And I feel like I fit right in. And I feel like it's a bit easy transition, so I'm super excited about it. So I'm, it is – I'm curious. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, I'm curious who uh, – who did you call? Like, did you call Brandon or who were some of the guys that you called him and what did they say? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, uh, most of everybody was saying, like, uh, this is a special place. You know, the organization, top to bottom, is is, uh, is, is top notch. You know, you're going to love it here. You know, uh, one of the guys I called, I will share, uh, is Tony Jefferson, who uh, recently got cut. I played with him for four years in uh, in Arizona. And so we got a really good relationship, probably the best relationship with anybody that is that playing for the Raiders recently. And uh, you know, for a guy who just got released, uh, to have that huge of an endorsement for a program, you know, it was like, wow, you know, I want to be a part of this. You know, that's that's pretty special. So, you know, here we are. That's even awesome. when Tony's not on the team, he's still recruiting. He was kind of known as the recruiter during free agency. <laughs> he's still doing it. I love yeah. Tony. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's it's also interesting because. You know, I, I hadn't really thought about it with the extension, but there was a degree of free agency kind of mixed into the trade. So what what can you can you talk about the the extension, you know, that the one year extension? And and I mean, do you look at this as, hey, I'm probably going to finish my career in Baltimore or, or what? Yeah, I mean, that's the goal. I mean. You know, I feel like I got some, a lot of good football left in me. You know, and I want to play as long as I love the game and I'm healthy. So, uh, you know, I mean, you know, hopefully we can, you know, uh, do some great things together for these next two years and that can lead to, uh, uh, you know, a longer term, you know, uh, you know, contract. I mean, who knows? I mean, but I do know that uh, Baltimore, from what I hear, is just a great culture. Uh, you know, it has a winning culture that I'm eager to be a part of and, uh, and just kind of put my hand in the pile and do all I can to try to bring a championship back to Baltimore, you know. And, uh, I mean, my biggest goal at this point in time in my career is win the Super Bowl. You know, that's, right. the, that's why I do it. And I know that's a, a, a tall task and hard to do, but, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's right there in front of us. And so I'm ready to put my hand in the pile and go to work. How much did you pay attention to the Ravens' success last year going 14-2? and two? A whole lot. You know, a whole lot. You know, I'm a big football fan. I mean, even as a, you know, especially like, you know, I'm, I'm a Lamar Jackson fan too. You know, I, I watched him in, in college. I'm an ACC guy. So uh, I pay attention to all the ACC teams more than right. other teams. And there's a lot of trash talking. You know, I have a lot of teammates who are SEC guys and, you know, Big Ten guys. And they're all like, you kind of hate on the ACC. So I always <laughs> try to follow my ACC guys around. And, uh, you know, and Lamar, I really want to see him do well. I feel like he kind of got a, you know, a lot of a lot of disrespect, you know, uh, or getting drafted. And, uh, and you know, nobody really knew this was going to happen. A lot of guys were talking bad about it. So, you know, I was always, always happy to see him do well. 
Well, some of the things I like best from your highlights is, is when you hit Derrick Henry, you know, <laughs> and, and after what happened to us last year in the playoffs, I'm kind of banking on you putting together a few more of those hits. Oh, yeah. Now, Derrick Henry's the beast now, but uh, I definitely, <laughs> you know, I feel like I, I, I got a good, we got, I got some for him. You, know? <laughs> you, you bring up Lamar Jackson, Calais. I'm curious. For a veteran player like you, is the idea of joining his team and playing with him, is that like an attractive thing for a player of, of your caliber? It was, you know, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, he's still a young player, still developing, still, you know, just scratching the surface of how good he can be. Uh, but I saw his potential, you know, when I watched the games and you know, turn the tape on, you're like, wow, this, this guy got something special. I mean, he has a, just a different level of juice that uh, he does things that people can't do. You can't coach. It's just natural to him. So that definitely played a, a significant role in, uh, in this decision. And then you also bring up the college stuff. So Miami guy, is there still that Miami mystique and Ravens defense mystique of, of the Ray Lewis and the Ed Reed and playing on that history, that, a defense with that kind of history? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, play, I hope. I hope I can do something that they did and, uh, and have that. I just want to be mentioned the same breath as those guys. I mean, those guys are, are my role models, the guys I look up to, you know, and I've had, the, you know, the pleasure of being able to call my peers and stuff now too, which was so cool because, you know, being just young, you know, I mean, I looked up to those guys a lot, you know, and now I got the numbers on my phone and can call them and all that good stuff, which is, uh, you know, it's kind of like surreal, you know, you know, I'm sure to, you know, you think about it like it's not supposed to be, but, you know, I'm still a, I'm just a big football fan, little kid. Big football fan at heart, so this is definitely uh, it's kind of cool to be mentioned the same breath as those guys. Do you have a Ray Lewis or Ed Reed fathead? <laughs> <laughs> no, no fatheads for me. <laughs> I should give them You got You got to tell us honest. If we won't, we won't. You know, I don't think Ed or Ray listens to the pod, so you can be truthful here. Were you more? <laughs> were you more of a Ray Lewis guy or an Ed Reed guy? Oh man, you know what I think. You can't really, I mean, I feel like they kind of go together now, you know? I mean, <laughs> I, I will say, though, uh, uh, Ray Lewis has been my, uh, like, I studied, like, because I, I study greatness. Like, I always say I study greatness, like Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, you know, Tiger Woods. Like, you go down the list of all the people I've studied in my life that have just, you know, done great things. Not even in the sports world, in the business world, too. But Ray Lewis has probably been the number one guy I've studied uh, throughout my life. Uh, just like uh, as far as you know, his you know the way he speaks, his uh, leadership, uh, uh, but also like just I mean his, his workout regimen is like just his, the motivation, his the tenacity. Uh, you know, I mean he's a guy I've just studied a lot, so you know I, he's definitely my favorite. You you talk about uh, you know being older and the perception and all that stuff, and and the Ravens have just such a rich history of bringing in veteran players who on their third contract or or whatnot and having a lot of success. I mean, Steve Smith, Eric Weddle, Mike Wallace, Earl Thomas, Mark Ingram, you know. Now, you know, do you feel like there's a – the NFL just has it wrong when it comes to veterans that, like, they just, they just think that guys, once they hit 30, like, all right, they're done. Like, they're of no use. Like, does the NFL have that completely wrong? Well, I think, you know, I, I think the NFL goes off of the masses. You know, the majority of people – you know, uh, you know, I mean, it just it seems like when guys turn 30, they don't play as good. I understand that, you know, but there are a select few who do well, you know, and it's not, it's not a small number. It's a, it's a pretty good, you know, select few who can uh, still play well into their 30s. You know, I feel like my best footballs come over the age of 30. You know, I mean, the last three years, I feel like I've really kind of uh, been in, uh, in, in my ultimate prime. 
and uh, you know, and I was 31, 32, and 33. You know, so right. uh, you know, I'm hoping I can keep that going. But uh, I do, I will say though, I mean, you know, I get, I get why, you know, kind of like why it's that way. I mean, the, the majority of people don't play well to their 30s, but I spend so much time and effort taking care of my body. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I eat, sleep, and, and, and everything's football. Everything is football. So, you know, I, I mean, I have my family and you know, and my faith and all that stuff that goes into it, but. You know, I mean, they—they're the same. I mean, they love football too. So, this is a, it's a big part of my life, and uh, I don't expect it. Just, I mean, I, I don't know when it's gonna come for me, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna ride it till the wheels fall off. Yeah. Why do you think you've been able to have so much success? Like, hit your prime maybe a little bit later, even than some guys in your 30s. I mean, 14 and a half sacks in 2017. Where you were like a six to ten sack guy. Where the <laughs> hell did that come from? Yeah. I, I mean. Um, I guess I've always kind of been a late bloomer, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, I was, you know, I just I feel like body wise and stuff. I mean, I definitely lost a step. I'm not as athletic as I used to be, but you know, I had a lot of athleticism. So losing a step, I'm still a good athlete. I'm still like a really, really good athlete. I can still do things that you know, uh, for some, you know, can't stop. You know, and so that that plays a big role. Uh, plus, I'm a lot smarter. You know, I mean, that that wisdom, that experience plays a big role. You know, being able to set guys up. You know, being able to you know, uh, get them to do what I want them to do and then take advantage of it. I mean, uh, I mean that's kind of when it comes down to it is the knowledge, you know, is, is caught up and I'm still a good athlete, so I'm able to do what I want to do. So, Clay, yes, we want to introduce fans a little bit to uh, you off the field in your personal life. Uh, you grew up in a big family, right? One of eight kids? Yes, sir. One so how eight. did that how did that shape you? Was it constant competition and rivalries uh, going on in the house when you were growing up? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but competition. I have five brothers. We're all within uh, seven and a half years. So six boys within seven and a half years. So we're all close in age. And I'm right in the middle. So, um, you know, I have, you know, I always had somebody to compete with, somebody to, you know, uh, just, I mean, go out and play sports with. You know, we, I mean, we did every sport, known the man. And uh, we competed at the highest level. And uh, they're all really good athletes, too. So, you know, I really feel like that's the advantage I had. You know, I mean, I got a chance to develop at a young age just competing with my brothers. Are you so, the biggest wait, of the family? I, I am the biggest. You know, they're, they're, they're more speed and like real explosive guys. You know, I'm the I got the most size. So, what did your older brothers think? You know, I'm sure they probably picked on you just like any older brother does when you were a kid. And then all of a sudden, you grew up and you're six foot eight, three hundred pounds. They were in that position when you were a kid and they were kids. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely. Uh, there was a point in time where, where I got bigger than my my older brothers, and I could kind of, you know, I, I feel like I could hang. You know. Uh, and I, they stop. They stop picking on me. That's for sure. <laughs> so on a, on a serious note, Clay. I mean, I I heard you know part of your story, your incredible background, is that you spent and your family uh, time in a homeless shelter for half a year when you were in junior high. Uh, how did that shape you into the man that you are today? Uh, I think the biggest part of that is that I learned that I can handle anything. You know, like I mean. Obviously, there are a lot worse things than living in a homeless shelter. You know, uh, and it was a family homeless shelter, so I got to stay with my family. It wasn't too bad. It, you know, it's not like I was on the street or anything. But, you know, I learned that I can handle, you know, anything. You know, I mean, as a family, my, my, we stayed together. And uh, my, my dad did a really good job of making sure that we understood this is temporary and that we will be okay. Just playing tough, you know. But it, gave, it developed that mentality that no matter how bad things get, no matter – Know what you're going through. If you just, uh, you know, stay set of course and stay, uh, you know, focus on the small things and being who you are, stay true to yourself. 
you know, that you can you can get out of it. You know, you can fight back to where you want to be. And, uh, you know, we moved out of that, moved into a one-bedroom place for a little while, and then we ended up moving to a five-bedroom house, you know, like I think a year later. So, wow. you know, I mean, it, it, was, it was pretty sweet, you know, just seeing that, that if you stay the course that, you know, you can get what you want, you just got to stay focused. I don't know if you know this, but Brandon Williams, uh, kind of a similar story. I mean, he spent some time in his family with a homeless shelter, and that's what he does a lot of community work kind of in that area. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we up together. Yeah, exactly. What, what, um, I mean, obviously you're the Walter Payton man of the year last year. Can you just talk a little bit about, you know, your, your mission in the community and, and what you plan to bring to Baltimore? Yeah. You know, uh, obviously I want to learn the city, you know, uh, just uh, see where I can uh, add value. Um, uh, one thing I know for sure is I definitely want to help, uh, help homeless families and homeless people. So, uh, that's uh, that's always going to be there. Uh, I, you know, reading initiatives. You know, I want to have you know kids just you know just I want to make reading fun for for uh, kids throughout school, especially in that you know that middle school age age range. So that's exciting. Uh, uh, financial literacy is important to me, especially uh, with those high school and middle school kids. Uh, you know, uh, feeding you know uh, food banks and just making sure people got something a meal to eat. Um, I um, I also, um, I mean, I, I give away a scholarship every year, and that's something I want to continue. And I would like to, you know, bring that to the Baltimore area, and uh, you know, try to find the kids with potential who uh, just need a little help, help them get there. Uh, you know, we have we have a few things we're trying to do too. Some new stuff that we're we're working through. Uh, we're you know trying to give away a, a business grant, which is going to be interesting to see how that one goes. But uh, <laughs> I think it's important. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm a bit. My dad was he tried to be an entrepreneur now. He, he failed a few times. That's why we end up uh, in the homeless shelter. But he, uh, he had, <laughs> hey, that happens to all entrepreneurs, right? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. But it's that that mentality of, of uh, I, I, he had really good ideas, but he he didn't really have the help. He didn't have the resources to um, to really get it going like he wanted to. And like you look back and it was like that was a really good idea, you know. So it was that one. It just he needed help. So uh, we're starting a business grant in my, in my father's name, which is going to be pretty cool. That's really cool. I could just imagine you reading kids' stories. Like you have the perfect voice for like Big Bad Wolf or something like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> um, you know, to kind of finish things up on from a football sense here, Calais, you're going to be one of the veteran leaders on this defense. Another one of the veteran leaders is Earl Thomas. You guys spent several years as rivals when you were in Arizona. He's in Seattle. Uh, how did the, how do you think the two of you will jive together as leaders of this defense? Oh, easy. You know, I got so much respect for him, the way he plays the game. I mean, I've seen it firsthand time and time again, him making plays to change games. I mean, you know, uh, you know, the, the Seahawks don't win the Super Bowl without him getting on the field. I mean, he's he's a difference maker. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's a big part of why I decided to come here, too. It's not only him, but I'm a, I'm a football fan, so I study all these guys. And you got three All-Pros, you know, on, on the back end. You know, what do you like doesn't want to play with three All-Pros? And, uh, you know, uh, Earl Thomas was definitely a guy who was going to have a go jacket one day. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm eager to line up with him, go to war, and see if we can bring a championship to Baltimore. Hey, man, let's get you that gold jacket now. Here we go. <laughs> That's the goal, baby. <laughs> that is the goal. <laughs> well, last one for you. Just you talk about the back end, all the all pros. How about the defensive line now? Got you, Brandon, and reportedly, we still have to say reportedly. I don't know if you've seen all this stuff, Clay. It's been a, it's been a hot mess. Reportedly, Michael Brockers also. <laughs> what uh, what are your thoughts about the the trio that you guys are going to present? 
Oh, man, I think we're going to be a uh, wrecking shot, man. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, uh, Broncos is another guy I've, I've, I got a chance to play in the same division with and see firsthand, uh, just uh, seeing what he can do. Uh, you know, just his, his, whole, his whole overall makeup. I mean, he's, 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 a, he's a special guy. You know, um, just, uh, I mean, I feel like, you know, with his talent, his size, uh, his ability to play against the run, uh, Brandon Williams, uh, myself, and, uh, and, and Judon, I mean, you know, that's a, so that's a special lineup, man. We're going to be hard to run against, hard to throw against. I mean, we'll be wrecking shots, especially with the back end, giving us time. You know, I, I plan to take advantage of it, and I'm looking forward to it. I love it. Wrecking shop, that sounds good to me. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Clay. We appreciate it, man. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Well, awesome stuff from Clayus Campbell. Uh, just an awesome guy. I mean, uh, you see why the Ravens have said that they've, he's been on their radar for a really long time. And uh, I feel fortunate that we're able to get him here on the back nine of his career. We're not going to stay at the end of his career, the back nine of his career. Uh, just really excited to, to meet him in person. Kind of a funny story after we stopped recording. He said, this whole process has been crazy. He had to go to FedEx, actually – Stand, stand in the FedEx, sign his contract, and send it back that way. I made sure that he washed his hands before and after. It was <laughs> totally safe. So that I think we're good. All right. Uh, but just it's wild how coronavirus is affecting everything. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it honestly is. And I agree with you. I mean, he just seems like an awesome dude. Um, he's, you know, I thought it's, it's always interesting when a guy comes to a new team, there's just like a lot of emotions. Like, a little bit disappointed about getting traded and, you know, that's kind of a little bit of a shock. Um, but then also excitement about joining a new team and getting a new contract and having all, you know, kind of those first day of school butterflies that I'm sure he has right now. So it's always interesting to talk to a guy uh, in a situation like he's in, um, you know, but like we've said all week, I, I just think that he's going to be the perfect fit uh, personality wise, performance wise. He's just going to bring so much to this defense. So, uh, I'm excited to have him in Baltimore, no question. Do we need to send Tony Jefferson a thank you card? We should, man. TJ, like I said to Clay, it's like t Tony has been one of the most active recruiters in free agency, and uh, I think that just speaks to well, the kind of person he is, to be honest. That he was, you know, he was released a few weeks ago, and for him to still basically put in a word of recommendation about the mm -hmm. Ravens and the organization, I think that speaks to Tony and his character and then also speaks to the organization as a whole. So um, that was pretty cool to hear that. Yeah, completely. Anyway, uh, thanks once again to Calais. And uh, thank you all for listening and staying with us here during the Daily Lounge episodes. Uh, as always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. We do have some great emails. Uh, since we were interviewing Calais and we knew that would take up a lot of our time today, we're not going to read any today, but we promise we will get to those. Uh, and make sure that you're sharing this, okay? We want you to share this with everybody in your network to make sure that everybody's heard about the lounge. Uh, and like we said a couple days ago, uh, we have some other big guests coming on. Eric DaCosta is going to join us on Monday, as well as team president Dick Cass to talk about how coronavirus has affected the Ravens operations. So a lot of good stuff coming. I think, keep fingers crossed, we're going to get Michael Brockers on the pod as well. So Really exciting stuff. Make sure you hang with us, and we'll be back with you. Are we wait? Are we doing a weekend pod? Nah, it's a daily pod except for the weekend. Okay, so, we're taking the weekend. Going, going from once a week to five days a week is enough of a jump. We're not going to seven days a week. <laughs> All right, the editor <laughs> has spoken. The editor has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening. We'll be back with you on Monday.